back into the great Scott Show, everybody. I am Scott Fraser on a Gimme All You Got Friday. Time for that Pro Nola segment that we have every Friday right here on ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Gus Cattengale joins us now on a Friday. Gus, I mean, the Saints, they play a preseason game tomorrow. Your Cubs were involved in some corn porn last night. You know, two bad teams, Cubs, Reds. But the Field of Dream games, and it was all pretty to watch. And, you know, the, the there's, there's, there's a number of things happening in sports right now that might have the, uh, the attention of one Gus Cattengale, our Saints and Pelicans correspondent. But happy Friday, man. Good morning to you. How's it going? Hey, man. Happy Friday to you. Good morning. What's going on, bud? So I know, you know, your Cubs are having a rough season, but when it comes to the field of dream games, aside from hoping to have a better matchup, I don't know what it is about like the, you know, these, these baseball people cosplaying like they're playing in a game a hundred years ago, but you know what? The production's always cool. Like I, if I, I could make fun of it, but I would just be being a hater because it's, it really is cool. You like it? You like the Field of Dreams game out in the cornfield? I I I liked it. Um, I, I liked it when I was, um, you know, watching it last year. And look, it turned out to be exciting, right? I mean, it went down to the last, you know, um, at bat and, and the home runs and, and stuff that you had with Stanton. So I mean, it enjoyed. I mean, you had uh, iconic stuff there, right? And look, and I think the nostalgia of it and, and seeing it for the first time was pretty cool. I mean, look, I, I'll say this, Scott, if you can make baseball, and I know we've had this discussion before, if you can somehow make baseball appointment viewing and, you know, with what we do in our medium, dude, to, to, to have people want to tune in to your show, want to tune in to that baseball game um, on purpose, seek out a podcast or story, you right? Like, that's the goal, right? So to have something where you did have people, you know, last year, I just remember, like, Twitter, like, broke. I mean, I, everyone was just watching, you know, and how great it was, how it looked, the, the broadcast. It's a great presentation. I love it, and uh, it, yeah. it also helps when you have a game. I'll give it to them. Corn porn and, and another great presentation last night. But if you're talking about cool things in baseball, you know, we – we didn't get into it on your show this week, uh, ESPN New Orleans, the sports hangover, noon to three weekdays. You guys all need to check it out. Gus has been doing it for years. Uh, but but you, even being a Cubs fan yourself, you had to admit to me that this was this was pretty awesome. Now that that's a hell of an entrance right there for a closer, Gus. Isn't it? I mean, you you even admitted to me you 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 thought that was pretty dang cool. No, I it was fantastic, and I was going to say that you know I'd be lying to you if I told you that as you played that the hips weren't moving. I might have you know been doing something with my 
upper lip, you know, kind of like a snarl. I mean, yeah, totally. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I think it is, uh, I think it's fantastic. I, I, and honestly, you know, again, to try to, I, I guess, kind of follow baseball now, it, it's not as easy as I guess it, it has been. And stuff. Scott, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe it's my fault, but I'm ashamed. I, I had no idea about that. I had no idea, you know, and, but I'll say I don't watch Met games and kind of like I told you, unless they're playing nationally and I'm sitting there and I'm watching all the way to close, I probably wouldn't have known that, but apparently that's the thing. And seeing the entire stadium, um, man, I almost called it Shea Stadium, huh? Back in the day. But uh, I just, it was so cool to see that. My favorite parts, obviously the, the mascots, the gigantic baseballs. The mis- Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> Med playing the trumpet. Mr. and yeah. Mrs. Met, right? Yeah, playing the trumpet. Have some respect. I mean, I That's Mr. and Mrs. Met to you guys. Ah, dude, like, like I said, it's really cool. I'll say this. I, I, um, after I talked to you, I had um, some, some people on our show that were guests, and, you know, they, they all kind of started with uh, what I said, you know, the Sandman, and I did, I, I did, It'll mention your reasoning for thinking that Mariana Rivera and the Sandman's garbage. Not even. I, 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 again, I, I again, and what you it's said a, was, it's not garbage. I, it's a great, it's look, he's the greatest closer of all time. And it's, it's an all time great song. The thing is, if that, you hear that song on the radio, unless you're like, I mean, a hard, hard, hardcore Yankees fan, the first thing you think of isn't Mariana Rivera. Like it's not, it's inner Sandman, right? Say, you know, Eric Gagne used to come out to welcome to the jungle back when, right. you know, he was an elite closer and maybe he was juicing, but most of the league was. So we'll just look past that for this conversation. Yeah. Point is maybe, maybe so was Kyle Farnsworth. Right. Right. Well, yeah, yeah, lately, my God, talk about a scary dude, but like it's welcome. Dude. It's guns and roses. If you hear that on the radio, Gus, oh, you're thinking I understand of, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, you're now, right. I mean, look, the, the oh, player making oh, a song, oh, like you don't think oh, I'm like metallic. I, I hear you. Dude, Timmy Trumpet and and got uh, Blaster Jacks, the artist. They're they're loving this right now, man. Because Edwin Diaz has that thing uh, popular, a lot of downloads right now, a lot of streaming. But it it this is a point I've made this week, and we're gonna get into the Saints. Everybody, don't worry. You know, live music at a sporting event, whether it's played through a speaker or whether it's performed live by a marching band, band player, whatever it can elevate a moment so much. And yes, you know, with the Field of Dream games or or NFL films, all of that hard knocks. So it works great on video, but when it's live and in person and everybody's having that shared emotional experience at the same time, yeah. it's set up perfectly for a great closer because when a closer comes in the game, the fans are already happy if they're at home because they're winning, right? They, they figure... Man, we got one of the best closers in the game. We're we're, we're about to win. We're all gonna. St- so it's almost like we're we're celebrating the fact that we're probably gonna have the after game celebration soon. Is so everybody's already in this good place? The reason halftime became such a popular song for Saints fans is because they introduced it in 2008 after scoring touchdowns, and then in 09 they you know won the Super Bowl and won 13 games, and then they won 11 in 2010, and then they won 13 more in 2011, and that's not counting playoff games. Just re- the point is they had this elite offense, and every time they scored, there was plenty of reason to dance. It wasn't like they they in those times. You know, and then once you do it long enough, then it almost becomes like a nostalgia thing, even though, right. you know, they tried to start playing different songs. Fans still wanted it. They were having trouble leaving it behind. It's like 
I, I use the Saints as an example because that's the, you know, the main topic you and I cover most of the time. But finding the right thing, I think, you know, it, it's it's got to it, – it's hard. Like if you're a college band, the song that you play with a third down stop, that's going to make fans a lot more happier than the song you play before a third down, especially if the defense is bad, right? You're setting yourself up for, eh, I don't know if I like this. So regardless of what the music is, Gus – my one question to you on this is, what is live music at a live sporting event that you think of when I ask you this question? First one that comes to mind, it, whether it's played on a speaker or whether it's played by a band, whatever, what's the one that comes to your mind? It's got to be anything that has to do with the Tigers. I mean, I probably I grew up with it, but um, I think of, bam, 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 oh, Tigers, and quite honestly, and kind of get you ready. Hold that tiger. I mean, when they play it before yeah, the game. Right. I mean, dude, the beginning, you know. I mean, I, one of my good friends growing up um, was in the band. And I, you know, remember going to that, that game, his first game. And, I mean, he was jacked, um, you know. But, I, I mean, the amount of practice and stuff. I remember going and visiting him on weekends. I mean, they're in the summer, in the parking lot, all this other stuff. And, you know, he – just, I mean, I, like, it gave me goosebumps seeing what it meant for him, you know, when you just hear the snare, 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 and then all of a sudden it just everybody starts, you know, going and do the whole place goes nuts. Like, that's, I, I you know, as you were going through all of that just now, um, sports and music have a pairing that's very um, – I think important, you know, yeah. whether it is, like you said, a, a recorded, you know. Whether it's a walk-up music I, for a batter or whether it's something well, a band plays saying. before well, every I mean, game. I, I, like, to me, I think of something like Philadelphia and, you know, being on the sideline and it was a St. Eagles game. And when it's, you know, their third down, it's the bell sound of the Rocky music. And you hear, dun, 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 and, you know, it's, you know, Mickey saying, uh, you know, it's Mickey saying, you know, I don't know, um, you bet, you know, you better fight your bum or whatever. Right. And, you know, but it's, the, it's, it's you know, the five-second Rocky loop that, that you know it's Rocky. I mean, I, I'm telling you, those people think he's real. I mean, <laughs> they, they absolutely believe Rocky is real. And they, they got the statue. They got the statue of him. Like. Dude, but, dude, I, I remember being on the sideline. Like, I got goosebumps. So, like, the place is the second. And, I mean, I mean, the place. You can just feel the energy. But I, I that's what I think of um, with that. At the same time, too, in the Saints' heyday of the offense, even though you're, you're nauseous hearing it now, but, you know, it's stand up and kick. I mean, that's, you know, you, you felt that. But to me, I still think, again, maybe because it's where I grew up and, um, still remember it and probably tied in with, you know, a dad moment, you know, Scott, cause that's where dad went. I remember back in the day, well before he needed to be there eight hours before kickoff, you know, you could go to the practice football field next to the PMAC. And I used to kick field goals, you know, with dad and then literally walk in right before the kickoff. Cause there was no crowds and, um, you know, and watch that. I just, even whether they won well, they lost, and at the time that I was a kid, they didn't win a lot. But every time that band played that song, you know, it, people just 
will go nuts, you know. And then when it, it hits its crescendo and everyone starts chanting LSU, I mean, it is. It, it, that's probably the, the first thing that, that, that pops to me. I mean, even being at Wrigley Field uh, the year after they won the World Series, my wife surprised us for uh, our anniversary and took me to a Cubs-Cardinals Sunday night game on ESPN and Cubs won in the ninth and I got the same go Cubs go. I mean, I just, yeah, it's, it, it totally is pairing to it, but it's man, whether it's wrestling, the undertaker, or you hear the crash and, you know, stone cold coming out. It, it is crazy how, if you find that right tune, that right song, it, 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 it will stay with it's it, special, man. you, the school. It is because special. You're right. I mean, that, that right there, when I hear that from here on out, I don't know what else I would think of, right? ESP and Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. Gus Gagnon joining us. We're going to talk Saints in a minute. Not much to report on the Pelicans, Gus, other than, you know what, the, the date came Monday. Um, still no extensions for Larry Nance Jr. or C.J. McCollum. Not a surprise. Doesn't mean it won't happen before the season. Doesn't mean it will. It, it's, you know, I, other than that, you know, no news is kind of good news, right, on the Pelicans front uh, at this point. I, I got some news for you. I got some news for you. Um, Thursday at practice, uh, Saints 14th final practice before the preseason game tomorrow, dude. Um, it was cool to see Trey Murphy and Herb Jones not on her walk along the, the walkway from one end to the other and Saints fans yelling their name, knowing who they are, and and just, you know, Go pal and they're into Barry. it, right? It's not Zion walking by or Ingram. It's in it's right. Herb Jones and Trey no. Murphy, and the and the the no. the, the Saints I, fans and, are going. And, and I think what's so cool, man. And again, I, I actually brought it up on our show Thursday. That you know, one of the things that you love about the Saints is what Sean helped create, and Drew and everybody else that played, you know, from '06 on, was this this feeling of family that, you know, the Saints are a team all to themselves. I mean, you, you hear this training camp, it has that feeling, which is why I think a lot of us are stopping short of saying it could be a special season, but I think it could be the start of making something special. And you've heard me tell you as I had to calm you down from a negative win season that you predicted. See, I did that. I gave you one win Wednesday. Today, negative win total, which isn't even possible. but. I kept saying, you know, maybe next year or a year from now, but I, I could definitely see with the talent this team has a full season of playing with one another and seeing what you got and then finish the seasoning. I don't see why we're not sitting here at the end of the year, dude. And I, you know me, I, I, I could see me at the very least in January saying, well, that was a heck of a season. Um, Maybe the Saints are at the start of a championship window, you know, or, or the opportunity to go out there and compete in the NFC. I really think they got that kind of talent, man, on the offensive side and defensive side. But what's great is while I'm watching that, here are two basketball players that people are just as giddy to see, dude. And they're together. There's Witherspoon that's always around them. when Cash is next to them, too. It's good to see the connection that these young players have with execs 
with coaches, with people in the organization. It's not, you know, what you saw earlier this week with Kevin Durant and, you know, Kyrie Irving where using sources and leakers, they really don't care for Steve Nash. They don't care for the GM. The Nets are not all in. I mean, just garbage, but you, you don't have that. At least right now, you don't. And you have Larry Nance kind of ripping them, saying, dude, thanks for the invite. It's not like I wasn't in the gym working out with you. I mean, I, I love that. I love that about Larry Nance Jr. He's like, you know, the middle brother or something. But he's totally embraced this place. And listen to what he just said, though. He's in the gym, you know, working out with him. Like, this team has not stopped working, dude. So you're right. There's no transaction news, but Man, I'm telling you, it, it's crazy to think that that team is just about one another, and they they can't wait to get back to the court, man. And it's it's exciting. Like that's not the norm, especially in the NBA. You know, we've seen it in New Orleans because it's been very unique, which is why I think they were successful and won a lot of games. And you see the connection with this uh, with this fan base. I mean, fans Thursday were shouting out Andres Andres Pete's name. You know, good, good, good for Andrews. He deserves it. God bless him. Yeah, no, and that's what I'm saying, though, man. It's like, you know, like fans will be like, come on, Andrews, this is the year, baby, you know, or, or block better, or, you know, one guy, who was it? I think it was Callaway. He's like, man, you got to make the cut. You got to make the cut. I mean, we have coaches and GMs at practice. It's fantastic. But it's, um, it, it is. It's a unique thing, man. It's like, the fan bases here like to feel like they are part of the team. And I think when players or teams realize that, um, you get that special connection. Gus Cagniel, our guest. Uh, and, I, you know, you touched on it briefly. People were like, why aren't you asking him about the Durant rumor? The Durant rumor isn't. Uh, yeah. it, it's it, So there are two teams he's interested in, but what the Nets are doing is they're trying to put word out there that there are more teams interested in them because they're trying to drive they're up just the trying to gain left. And they're trying Absolutely. to say, oh, the Pelicans, they could offer all this stuff. When in reality, they're like, we'll take Evan Durant, but you ain't getting this. You know, you're not getting Ingram. You're not getting <laughs> – we'll give you some picks. Uh, and, of course, what, what the, I, Nets, I, the Nets, would, the Nets are show, like, no, we're just, not doing that. Just but. Go, just go back to what um, David Griffin said at the end of the season and his end of the year pressure where he revealed that there were people that wanted guys that weren't playing on the bench for the Pelicans, like Billy Hernan Gomez and other players. And he said they were untradeable because of what they brought to the team as assets away from basketball, good teammates, you know, guys that people really responded to and stuff. If he's unwilling to trade Billy Hernan Gomez, you get what I'm getting at? Like, I don't see them blowing up. No, not at this what stage, not with their building. No, no, no. I, and Players, like I saw Thursday, just wanting to spend time together, all for the hope that a guy that you cannot trust. I didn't say he can't play. I didn't say he's one of the best, because he is. But you don't know what that, that guy, if he comes here, at first off, what makes you think he wants to come to New Orleans? I mean, he ain't happy in Brooklyn. He isn't happy in San Francisco. He isn't happy in big markets with organizations that have given them everything you want. You think he's going to be happy here? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like when you read tweets and quotes and stuff like that, they are absolutely using social media uh, to try to help their cause somewhere else. 
Gus Cattengill, our guest. We'll take a quick timeout when we come back. A little more from last night's corn porn Field of Dreams game, but a lot on the Saints. What is Gus looking for the most? What is he most curious? What is he most anxious to check out tomorrow night in the Saints preseason opener against the Texans? We'll talk about it next. So give me all you got Friday on the Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. It's ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports. the Field of Dreams game last night, the pregame, as Ken Griffey Jr. walks out of the cornfield with his dad, Ken Griffey Sr., who was sporting a red shirt. And, um, you know, again, presentation-wise, they just they know how to do it with that game. I, I Definitely once-a-year thing. You don't want to overkill it. Try to find a better matchup, but I don't know, man. I, I mean, again, I, I could try to hate on it, but I mean, first of all, King Ruby Jr., the coolest player of all time. And then secondly, you know his dad. And, Dad, you want to have a catch? I, I don't know. I Come on. How can you not? And then we talked earlier about, you know, music impacting sports. And this isn't, you know, uh, the, I, I'll, I'll say this was live because this was filmed live. It wasn't like this was a pre-production thing. They walk out of there. They're playing the Field of, music, Field of Dreams music on the loudspeakers. Ah, I mean, I know we're about to talk Saints, Gus, but... um. From a presentation standpoint, man, the, uh, the, the the corn porn, the Field of Dream games, I can't hate on it. I mean, I know I said it earlier, but I got to say it again. Yeah, it's fantastic to realize they're the Cubs. But, I mean, you know, look, here's the thing. It was nice and early. Um, you know, the music, everything was great. And then, I don't know, it's, you know, one nothing, 2 nothing. Cubs, Reds, baby, yeah! Everybody, well, you know, okay. All right, that's your Cubbies, man. That's your Cubbies. Look, it's nothing like having interest and then not even getting up the first inning and losing all interest. That comes baseball. Um, Gus is just, you know, it doesn't even matter what happened last night. He's just in that kind of mood. When it comes to his Cubs, I'm going to enjoy the Mets playing really well right now. All you listening, maybe you'll enjoy preseason football. I always say that it's it's hard for me to enjoy Gus because it's like watching a horror movie that I hope nothing actually scary happens because I get nervous with the injuries. Sue me, all right? I just get nervous. Anytime a starter, a key player has just a regular football tackle, I'm like, oh, God, get up. Jameis Winston, right? He ain't playing, sprained his foot. You know, you, you have had some injuries in camp. Nothing overwhelming yet, which is a positive. Um, you know, I know smoke Monday is on IR. That's unfortunate. Bryce Thompson, you know, uh, injury designation waived all that, but I- I'm not trying to uh, poo poo either thing. But what I'm telling you is Michael Thomas was looking great in camp, right? When you look at other areas, guys coming back, Davenport's now starting to get in the mix a little bit. And, and I, I 
to this point, knock on wood, you know, other than Jameis Winston, which you wish he wouldn't miss any time. I mean, he needs the reps. He, he hadn't played in the game since last Halloween. But the optimistic point of view is, you know, it's just a mild sprain. So he'll be back soon. And they brought in another quarterback, so Dalton didn't have to take so many reps. But um, I'm, I'm rambling. Let me shut up for a minute and toss it to you. Tomorrow night, Saints at Houston against the Texans. What is the thing that Gus Kattengill is keeping the closest eye on? What are you most anxious to check out in preseason game number one of the Dennis Allen Saints regime? Look, I obviously think, you know, look, you get excited for, you know, the start of free agency, <laughs> legal tampering, free agency, the draft, OTAs, minigamp. Finally, the start of training camp. Now, you know, this is the next set of bring back football already, and that's preseason. And as you mentioned, it's been interesting because when you look at the last 10, 15 years, I think preseason, it, it's had different meanings to it and different uh, importance levels of it. And, you know, you get to, hey, let's figure out what kind of football team this sort of is. We've seen bad preseasons where the Saints didn't win a game. And, you know, famously in 06, as Breeze mentioned, he didn't think they would win a game based on how they played in preseason and wound up going to the NFC Championship game. They had preseasons where they looked great and started out 0-4, 1-5, and 79 preseason. So then you move to the preseasons where they're so dang good, just nobody get hurt, you know, kind of preseasons where you're not going to see any starters. And those are the longest because there were four back then, Scott, and you had to sit through four games of just painful painful football, but I think it's a combination of all of that, but can somewhat still be of interest. I'm not going to call it entertaining because it will be what it is in the first two preseason games and even in the third one in the third and fourth quarter, right? I mean, they're the bottom of the rosters and things of that nature. We can talk it up and say, well, hey, you know, this guy is trying to make a job and check and the team and all that. I legitimately think, though, what, what helps it is when you see some of the, I guess, areas that I will be paying attention to, I, I think there's a legitimacy as to why. And I'll start, even though I know I think a lot of people want to go with the backfield. I'll do that next. But my first area to start with is the offensive line and defensive line. And the reason I say that is you can't really tell what a guy can do and practice on the line. Yeah, you know, you see a little bit more physicality when there's, um, you know, padded practices and stuff. But, I mean, okay, so Trevor Penning can shove some guys and there's some punches. So can he block anybody? You know, I, I see James Hurst as the more polished pro, but the last two practices I saw this week on Wednesday and Thursday – Either Carl Granderson's going for a 20-sack season or, you know, with Peyton Turner. I mean, I, there's a lot of guys that have shined at that right defensive end position. Are they good or is James Hurst a backup left tackle? And because if the Saints' right defensive end keep having the amount of success they're having, it's one or the other. They have a ludicrous amount of talent at right defensive end or left tackle is about to be a concern. So, you know, you keep hearing 
from players, Cam Jordan, coaches like Dennis Allen and others, saying, look, you know, Trevor Penning is by the day improving, by the week improving. So let's see. He's got three games. That's a guy that that's how you'll be able to tell. Can he, can he do a game without getting a 15-yarder? Can he, you know, pass protect? Yeah. Run yeah. I mean, I mean, those are things that – That's what I – that's me. I, that's know, number one on my list is Trevor Penny, for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. And, you know, because you, you can't tell until he tries and blocks somebody else. Um, same thing with, you know, the other guys in the O-line, which you want to give a, a little play to, but because of numbers – you know, they may have to take some snaps, but, you know, Cesar Ruiz has had a nice camp, man. A lot of people keep referencing him. So, you know, let's just see the O-line have a, a, a nice drive or two with Andy Dalton and then, you know, see uh, and put in these other guys and let them get some, some work. Same with the D-line, you know. you Peyton Turner's healthy. Let, let's see what he can do. We've seen him flash, but, um, you know, can, can he uh, do it in the game a little bit more, even though I know he's good and stuff, but you know, with the injuries that the team has somewhat have, you kind of wonder, you know, how much some of these starters and veterans are going to see. But the offensive line to me is something kind of I want to keep an eye on more than anything else. And then um, the backfield, you know, I mean, Coach Allen even said it by name on Thursday. Um, it's not that you don't know who Alvin Kamara and, and Mark Ingram are going to be, but it's, you know, a situation where you'll see the other guys, and it's, you know, again, I, I said before to you, you know, on our show and on yours, dude, you're not, you know, going to need that third or fourth running back in order to win games or not, you know. Um, but you may need them in order to help, you know, if you ever get to the point where you're, you're worried that Tony Jones is your primary back. I mean, we, we've had COVID take out the entire receiving unit. I mean, you know, all of that. But Look, again, why am I watching? I'm watching because that's a battle. I honestly couldn't tell you um, who that third running back is because everyone that I ask is different. You know, I would say right now Tony Jones Jr. for me. I know a lot of people want it to be Abram Smith. Um, some think it'll be him because the other guys are veterans. You have to pay them the bit of a minimum. Abram's is cheaper. I think the Saints go with the better player especially because of the unknown of Kamara and the possible suspension or not and injuries and age for Ingram. So I think you go with the better back, but I don't know. I, I honestly, no, none of them have, you know, stood out like a neon sign. Oh my goodness, that guy, you know? And Scott, the main reason isn't really them. And I just kind of quickly want to say why I say that. Because Ross Jackson and I talked about it actually on our show on Thursday. It's because the Saints are passing the football all over the place, dude. And it, it is kind of making people remember what it was like a couple years ago when you had a quarterback that can push the ball down the field. You have a number of receivers that are capable of catching, spreading the field, running slants and routes and comebacks and digs and posts and all that. You can do a lot more. and. You know, I, I kind of made it a point of emphasis to talk about it on Thursday because I, I still think there's some <clears throat> people that, you know, feel Pete Carmichael is going to not be able to raise his voice enough to, you know, to call a player to have some of these guys. No, he'll, um, he'll be, he'll be fine. Like, to, this is do all these other. Yeah, you know, Carmichael will be fine. You know, 
Here's what we didn't Bye. get. It like there was a moment in time, Gus, where I was concerned because it's like, wait, he doesn't want the OC job. Like, what's happening? He, I, I think now having the information that we have now about Miami's desire to get Sean Payton, I, I think Pete might have just been waiting to see if he might go with him potentially, and so he didn't really want to say anything or commit to anything. And then when the dust settled, he's like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm not going anywhere. Give me the OC job. It was kind of mine to lose anyway, right? Um, good point. Yeah, I, good point. I think I think he'll settle with Sean Payton, and yeah. you never know. You yeah. know, you wonder if he gets called. But I'll say this, man, and I don't know, obviously, what's going to happen as the season goes. But man, the potential that I see on this team, this team scores, wins the division, Winston becomes a quarterback that throws for three to four thousand yards, and you know, Thomas looks like Thomas and all that. It's going to directly be tied to really him. He's the play caller. It's no longer. Sean Payton's the offensive genius and mastermind. Um, he'll get a lot of credit. You'll wonder if, you know, a guy that nobody's really ever looked at as a head coach. He's had a few interviews here or there, but they, they didn't go anywhere. I mean, yeah. They didn't go anywhere. That's what I mean. Yeah. No, I, I, I definitely see where you're going. If there's a lot of success this year, that definitely, and what are the, what do teams like to do? They like to hire good OCs. It's definitely a trend, but. Well, remember, especially if you, uh, if you know, Little Shawnee McVeigh. Yeah. If you, if you wiped his nose and you held the Kleenex, you're good enough to be an offensive coordinator and a head coach. ESPN Lafayette, the best. Can you tell I sports. don't like the guy? I literally I can't stand the guy. Did you hear? I'm going to send you the clip. You've got to play it for your listeners. You've got to play it for your listeners. His thing about Matt but, Stafford and putting our nuts on the table. No, oh, no, no, no. The absolute adulation it's, it's not even that i can't stand him it's the way he's covered as if he is single-handedly the one person that invented offensive football there is no such person as bill walsh bill belichick's a terrible co- like he is the greatest human being to coach football in the history of the game and when i send you the Diana Rossini soundbite from this week, where I, I was embarrassing. I mean, she's like, I don't even know how he lives. Like, where does he find the energy? He just so much grit. I mean, it's nauseating. Absolutely nauseating. And let me tell you what he's done. What he's done is he got into the right spot with an organization and ownership that goes out and tries to get everybody else's top player in a position Regardless of the draft picks, they will trade away all their picks or their best players and pray to baby you-know-who that they can win with that. And they barely won last year. And they barely got into the postseason last did. year. They did. And the, the, the great McVeigh, he got rid of his quarterback because he couldn't develop it, right? I mean, and, and golf. So stop it. I mean, just stop Listen, it. listen, he, listen. He's a, he's a, he's a good bike. coach. Please play the bike. He's a good offensive mind. His team last year, in terms of uh, offense, in terms of total yards of offense, was third in their own division. I mean, there now they won the but Super Bowl and they deserve Ask all the credit. Question, but you know, it wasn't like they broke records. mind in the world. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't break any Aaron records. Aaron Donald isn't on that team. Are they the same? No, but look, I, I'm not trying to hate on the guy. I but I agree with I'm you just, that 
that the, um, the you know the the salivate the slobbering of him needs to yeah you know, let, let's cut back just a little. The greatest okay? offensive mind the well, game that's silly. has ever seen. That's silly. The- he's he's far from it. I mean, look if they go out and have the number one <laughs> offense this year and break records and win another Super Bowl, sure, I'll hear it. They were third in their division last year in offense. Third in their division. So yeah. Uh, it, it, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. All right, my friend. Uh, guys, go follow Gus if you're not already at GCAT underscore 17 at GKATT underscore 17. Saints preseason football tomorrow night. We'll talk about it next week. But my thing is just get out of it without any significant injuries. That's number one on my list. Number two, you mentioned it, Trevor Penning. And number three, linebacker. Um, they they got a serious depth problem there, and I want to see as many guys in there as possible and really see how they do just in the open field. I know it's just preseason, but I, I don't care what the final score is, but I want to see hopefully some semblance of strength there because right now it's it's turning into one of my bigger worries on this football team. I I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. I think that is, you know, by – all accounts, that position group is uh, weak. And, you know, again, I, you know, you're watching Bond do some side work this week. And, you know, regardless, th- those, are, those are serviceable guys that will help you on special teams, can play with you um, on this defense because they are surrounded by a really good defensive line and a really good secondary. If they were weak at any of those two positions, they may be calling and trading for Roquan Smith. And I know a lot of Callers this week wanted that for the Saints. Look, the guy's looking for eighteen, nineteen million. Not yeah, you can't. You, know, you can't do that. It's, that, that, it's not, you don't have a first round pick. And the position isn't the value so, that it used to yeah. be. You know, if you're in the if you're Demario Davis, yeah, he's a great player, but he's just. I mean, he's at the wrong position if he's looking for the gigantic payday right now in today's yeah. NFL. It's just the reality of where right. things have gone. Appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Enjoy the weekend. And I don't know why you're hating on your Cubs. They got off to a great start last night, but since they've been terrible all season, I, I understand that when I just bring them up, you kind of just go into pain. I can't explain it. I mean, it just it is what it is. They were in they were in the field of dreams. All right, I'll leave you be. That's Gus Gatingale. Gus, man, we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it, my friend. Not a problem, man. Take care. All right, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, Gus. Hang on. Sorry. Before I let you go, I have found the audio that that apparently has you up in um, in a tizzy. I'm Diana Rossini. I haven't heard it yet. This is Diana Rossini talking about about Sean McVay. I've covered Sean for over a decade now, and he is such a grinder that I actually believe those rumors that he was willing to walk away from coaching. Not because I question his passion at all. He he has tons of it. Uh, It's just I I know how much he puts into it, and it's almost superhero like to put that much into into a career and be able to just live and, and, and have a family and, and function. Uh, so I just think the fact that he's found this sort of resurgence after winning a Super Bowl now and wants to stay coaching. And I think it's it's huge because, you know, he could go down as being one of the, one of the greatest coaches. A superhero that doesn't sleep. Wow. I, 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 again, I don't know where he finds the energy to live. Where does he find the energy to live? Hey, good for him. I'm not even going to get Remember, for him. though, next time good for him. grinder, you, you have to do it like that. Grinder. Grinder. That, I, I, hey, you know Again. What? Again. I mean. Gus, Lee, I, you I, know what? Let's just. I don't know how he right. does it. The Lee, passion. Lee. No one. 
has been more passionate as a head coach in the National Football League. The, the word I've covered Sean for over a decade now, and he is such a grinder that I actually believe those rumors that he was willing to walk away from coaching, not because I question his passion at all. He, he has tons of it. Uh, it's just I, I know how much he puts into it, and it's almost superhero-like to put that much into into a career and be able to just live. <laughs> Dude, I, again, I rest my face. I, I, and he is such a grinder. All right. Why? All right. Yeah. On that note, my I, friend, I, I, I will let you run, man. Hey, dude, I appreciate it. I'll uh, I just just get yeah. some sleep. Continue. I, keep that energy so you can at least live. Yeah, I Again, I, apparently I don't put in enough passion into my career because I sleep just well and enjoy my favorite time in my friendship with you. Maybe I need to grind a little more. I, so this really isn't about Sean McVay. It sounds like you just you just have, you know. You're upset about Diana Rossini. Apparently, she just got it. Oh, everyone talks about him like that. That's what it's all about trusting right? All right, brother. I'm going to let you go. That is Gus Cagliar, Saints and Pelicans correspondent. We'll talk next week. He drinks his coffee, five mochaccinos. I mean, really? Are we really counting how many Starbucks he has before 6 a.m.? Who cares, dude? This is ESPN Lafayette, the best ticket in sports.